Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like school districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice, curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poteaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone, welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company Podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
A teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Welcome back to the Special Education Advocacy Podcast with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow, and I'm so happy you're here. Today, today we're going to talk about one of the three templates that I have in my back-to-school communication template. If you've been here long enough, you know that we preach communication, communication, communication here at Ashley Barlow Company. I really do think that communication is the foundation to successful advocacy. I think so much about life is simply about communication, about sharing our interests, our positions, our feelings, our experiences. So much can be solved if we just communicate. And like it or leave it, we just flipped the calendar to August. And what that means is we're all thinking about going back to school. If you live someplace that doesn't get out of school until June, I know you're still thinking about it because I know that as you flipped your calendar, you saw the Labor Day weekend at the end of August 2022. And you know, I think August is just kind of a new time to be thinking about flipping the page to that routine and the sports schedules and all of the stuff that comes along with back to school. If you aren't thinking about it, get yourself to the pool or the beach, save this episode and come back to it in a month. You know, talking about new beginnings, I'm actually reading a book right now that was recommended to me by a client and I'm liking it quite a bit. It's called When, The Scientific Secret of Perfect Timing. The author is Daniel Pink. And the chapter that I read today was really interesting and got me thinking about the beginning of school. There is, so the book's about um, a person's efficiency vis-a-vis the time of day. So there's a lot about, you know, when you can make um, critical thinking decisions and when you should schedule things that involve creativity and that sort of thing. And I've learned quite a bit and it actually does seem pretty true to my experiences and to, to the way that my body works. So I'm enjoying the book quite a lot and hopefully it, it continues <clears throat> to make me even more productive. We should pause here and, and just a, another casual reminder that... <laughs> My body is still recovering from COVID, and so I wish I could do something about the throat clearing, but I just can't. We're still working our way through it. <coughs> Excuse me. And so this book, though, um, it, it, in what I read today was talking about how turning over a new leaf, turning the page on the calendar, or some kind of new beginning actually does scientifically make people more productive. And I found that to be so super interesting. So in one page of the book, they give you tens 
of different ways to have a new beginning. So, you know, every Monday is a new beginning. And the Monday or the Tuesday after a long weekend is a, you know, pretty specific new beginning. The day after your birthday or your birthday itself is a new beginning. January 1st, of course, is a new beginning. The first day of school is a new beginning. And scientifically speaking, we are more productive when we are thinking about new beginnings. And so that's kind of my pep talk to you to say, you know, even if you think that your communication has not been good and you have a senior in high school that's on an IEP, it's never too late to start. It's never too late to be a more productive or a more effective advocate. And I think productivity and your effectiveness really can be rooted in communication. If somebody came to me and said, you know, I think I could be a better advocate, my first question would be, how, what, when, and to whom do you communicate on a regular basis at school? I think that is so super important. And so if somebody said, what's one thing I could do to improve my advocacy for my child or for my students at school, it would always be communication. I have a little personal story about communication that's a parallel um, to some of the emotional stuff that we face um, when we think about communication. So my husband had cancer. I think we are 2012. Yep. So we are 10 years cancer-free in our house. Um, My husband had a tumor on his spinal cord um, that we fortunately got to um, get removed. They got good margins. And at the end of the day, he did not need chemo or radiation, which was super lucky and super good news. Um, But we still had a cancer diagnosis and we still had a year that was completely uprooted. And we had 10 years where we followed it annually and we had all the stress and we had, you know, all of the emotions that go with that diagnosis and the follow-up. And um, particularly the year that we were, um, you know, experiencing all of the stress and the anxiety that's associated with a diagnosis like that and um, the, the financial impact and the impact on your work and your relationships and all of the impacts of an illness, an acute illness like that. And thank heavens for us, it was an acute illness. In addition to the fact that we were new parents of a baby with a developmental disability, Jack was 18 months old. So we had a baby that had Down syndrome. We had a toddler. We had two careers. We were both um, ostensibly self-employed. We had pretty crappy health insurance. And then we got this new cancer diagnosis. And we had friends that we didn't hear from that we absolutely didn't hear from. And for, you know, the first little bit as we were also navigating all of our own emotions, we would let it bother us. We would be like pretty irritated that we hadn't heard from these particular friends. And then, you know, I think having experiences that stretch your soul, like a cancer diagnosis, really kind of, um, in me at least, it... Um, forces you to be extremely introspective. And so on further reflection, probably in the middle of the night or the shower, that's when I usually get these epiphanies. I was like, you know what, their silence doesn't mean that they don't care. It doesn't mean that they have some kind of negative judgment towards us or that they dislike us or that we're too much for them. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. 
necessarily, it might, but it doesn't have to mean that. It might also just mean that we are like intimidating them and that they don't know how to communicate with us. So their silence doesn't mean anything negative or even anything like kind of baseline neutral. It might just mean that they don't know how to communicate with us. And I guess that's okay, right? Like, I guess that's okay. But what I learned is the person that was experiencing the hardship was if I was in that position as a friend, that I felt like saying something, even if it was awkward or not quite the right thing to say, was better than saying nothing at all. Because we didn't know that people were caring about us unless they said something. And I want to be the kind of friend that at least tells somebody that I'm thinking about them, even if I don't know the right words. So, you know, I mean, since in the last 10 years, we've had plenty of friends who have really awkward or uncomfortable or horrifically sad things or ongoing things. And I always remember how it felt for us to be the friends that, you know, didn't get invited places, didn't hear from certain people, didn't, you know, people didn't come visit when they came to town and that sort of thing, even though we were experiencing this hardship. And I remember thinking, I'm going to communicate when people have hardships. I'm going to let them know at least somehow that I'm thinking about them. Communication could have solved a lot of those feelings that I was experiencing as a friend. Communication, just a simple I'm thinking about you, really could have improved um, my feelings about those friendships. And of course, I didn't really have time to think about the friendships at that particular time. But it all comes back to communication, right? When we communicate, we are enhancing relationships and advocacy is so much about relationships. And so that's why I developed this back to school communication bundle. Now you can get the entire bundle on my website over in the, um, in the products um, uh, tab of the website. So you can download the entire thing. Today, we're going to talk about one of the three back-to-school communication items. And the thing that we're going to talk about is those All About Me books. So I'm a big, big, big proponent of the All About Me book. I have a freebie about All About Me books on my website. And of course, there is a template for the All About Me book and much, much more than what's available in the freebie in the paid product, this back-to-school communication bundle. So why do I love the All About Me book? Well, you know, it kind of goes back to me being a teacher and kind of like trying to figure everybody out. You know, teachers, special education teachers, special area teachers, general education teachers, the principal, the janitor, anybody that's going to interact with your child or with your students, they're going to have, you know, maybe tens of students on their caseload. If we're talking a general education teacher, they're going to have 20 to 40 children on their caseload. But if we're talking middle school and high school, they might have hundreds. They might have 100 or 200, depending on what the subject is. You know, if your child's taking band, the band teacher might interact with 300 students over the course of the day. If we're talking an administrator, depending on how big your district is, your administrator, even the one that's special education specific, might have 75 or 200 children on their caseload. They might go to that many IEP meetings per year. 
And particularly if you're new to the district or new to a grade or new to a school, a lot of these people don't know your children. I always tell my clients that I don't live with them. They're going to have to give me a little bit of extra time and a little bit of extra words so that I really understand their interests and their values and their children. Same thing applies to the teachers. The teachers don't live with you. They don't know your child. They don't know how your child's diagnoses affect your child. They don't know what your goals are for your child. They don't know these things. And really, truly, I remember that when I was a teacher for the first three years, which were my only three years, my goal was to know everybody's name by Halloween. Everybody's name not their parents' name, not that their grandma picked them up on Tuesday, not that their um, medicine wore off at 10.45 a.m., not that they um, couldn't have, uh, uh, you know, Benadryl in case of an allergic reaction because they couldn't fall asleep because of their sleep apnea. Just names. That was my goal. Names. And then add on to that all of the beautiful complexities that our children with disabilities have. And you think, well, I'm going to have to do something (laughs) for these people to know my child. And of course, there's a fiduciary duty to keep children safe and teachers are good teachers. And I myself um, certainly kept everybody safe and, and knew those particular safety precautions. But I'm just talking as a general goal. I wanted to know everybody's name. And so when you think about all the beautiful complexities that you not only want for your children's teachers and support staff to to know, but things that they need to know, why not be proactive in communicating them? So today I have for you three tips for making your All About Me book. Three tips for making your All About Me book. So the All About Me book is something that you're going to share with your child's team that um, has to do with your child, you know, kind of introduces your child to the team. And the first tip that I have is to be proactive. Be proactive by sending the All About Me book. Now, if you're sending it, you are being proactive because that's what it is. You're being proactive. You're kind of putting some stuff about your child in the in the laps of the school staff so that they really kind of understand your child and, and they hit the ground running from day one. But what I mean about being proactive is giving information that you think would be helpful helpful to know before the school year starts. So I have, in fact, started updating Jack's All About Me book. And I am listing out all of Jack's um, kind of newer or pretty egregious behaviors that I think would be problematic for a child with typical needs in the school. So one of the things that Jack has been doing recently that makes me incredibly uncomfortable and I know would make people in a school feel incredibly uncomfortable is he makes that kind of sign where you kind of like cross your hand over your neck. Um, If you water ski, it means like kill the engine. I'm finished um, water skiing. But I think it actually might mean like kill, you know, it's like um, your finger across your neck. We, <laughs> the, the strategy that we've used to get this um, finished is we have deleted YouTube from every electronic device in our house, um, and we are trying to figure out how to do that from our TVs, because I think that's coming from YouTube, and of course, we're talking to him about it deliberately, but largely ignoring it, because that's what seems to be working the best. 
but I want them to know that Jack has been doing this as recently as summer of 2022 because it doesn't mean that he wants to kill somebody. It doesn't mean what it's um, largely known to mean in Jack's case. You know, he doesn't have any means to, to hurt anybody um, fatally and he doesn't intend to do that. It's something that I think he figured out, um, you know, found somewhere via pop culture, via a TV show or a YouTube channel or something like that. And I don't know that he actually knows what it means and I'm not going to tell him. So I'm describing the action and I'm telling them that that is one of the ways that his that his disability manifests itself right now. Because I'm being proactive about behavior. If he does that, and we have to have a manifestation determination review because he's suspended as a result, I want for them to understand that that's one of the ways that his disability is showing itself right now. That's a behavior that we are experiencing. So I'm proactive about it. Another thing that's in my All About Me book that will always be in there is how we view Down syndrome. I want for people to understand right off the bat that we call it Down syndrome. We don't call it Downs. We don't, we, we capitalize the D. We do not capitalize the S. We and our family, um, as it applies to Down syndrome, we do prefer person first language, but we are not offended um, if people do not use person first language. I want for people to understand that. Because maybe Jack is the first person that has Down syndrome that a teacher or a support staff member has ever met, has ever taught, has ever interacted with professionally. What I want for them to feel uncomfortable if they say Downs in front of us. I want for them to know that we say Down syndrome and that that is what is largely accepted in the Down syndrome community. I want for them to know um, so that they don't feel uncomfortable. I can be proactive and kind of cut off that discomfort. I also um, talk about um, our team. So I give an introduction to myself and to my husband and Jack's brother, Griffin, so that they know a little bit more about our family. And maybe you can glean a little bit more of information if you know that Jack's mom is an attorney and that Jack's dad works in, in you know, the industry where he works and that, you know, even just that his brother's a swimmer, those things are all very important and so I give kind of a, a proactive introduction to what our family, you know, looks like. And then another thing that I think, um, you know, we can kind of think about largely as, as we kind of zoom out on this is any prior issues. So if you've had an issue with too much homework or not enough communication or um, not enough behavior supports, or if you really kind of want to lay the foundation for one-on-one -on -one aid support or something like that, you can maybe see if you can, you know, proactively slide in some of your reasoning or slide in some of the experiences that you've had so that those things don't happen or so that these things do happen. You know, you can be proactive in what you communicate and how you communicate it and the undertones to your document simply by um, thinking diligently about how you're going to communicate in your All About Me book. So that is tip number one. Be proactive in the All About Me book. Tip number two, open your doors. 
This goes back to what I was saying in the introduction. We don't live with you. I don't know my client's interest and values. I don't know much about children's profiles. I don't know this stuff until I actually ask a bunch of questions. And similarly, teachers and school staff don't know your children. They don't know them until they experience it. And if we don't tell them, then we have to rely on our kids to tell them or to show them to learn by experience. And what I always say is, you know, kids don't come with books, but actually our kids do. <laughs> they do come with books. You know, in my case, Down syndrome is the most commonly occurring developmental disability. So we know a lot about um, how Down syndrome oftentimes presents. We know what to look for. We have health guidelines. We have these things. Why not share them? Why not share the pertinent stuff with the school staff so that they can hit the ground running? So open your doors. It will help the school get to know your child better. So what's that mean? Introducing in, in that All About Me book, introduce your family. Talk about therapies that you do. Coco, I cannot get Coco <laughs> away from me. So you're going to hear the panting of a black lab, I fear. And so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you now. Um, you know, talk about therapies. Talk about your family. Talk about that disability-specific stuff. Talk about the, you know, think to yourself, okay, this is my child's disability. How does that manifest itself? How does that look in Jack? What's Down syndrome look like in Jack Barlow? What does ADHD look like in Jack Barlow? What does sensory processing disorder look like in my child? And what do I do to support my child at home? What have prior teachers done to support my child at home? What do outside therapists do that really works? Open your doors. The goal of this is to help the teachers help your child. Yeah, sure. Do you feel like you're leaving them the ultimate babysitter guide? Absolutely you do. But if you do this when your child um, is staying with a babysitter from 5 to 9 p.m., then you certainly should do it when your child is going to school for nine months out of the year. So open your doors. That is tip number two. And then tip number three is how you disseminate this information. I say that you should disseminate it. You should share the All About Me book with anybody who is going to interact with your child at school. So that's going to be your general education teachers, your special education teachers, your related service professionals like your OT, PT, speech therapist, the music therapist, the orientation and mobility support people. Share it with all of those people. Administrators, support staff, the cafeteria workers, anybody that you think is going to have direct contact with your child. Why? because it saves everybody a lot of communication. And why not be as proactive as possible? Why not put your spin on this as much as you can? Why not take everything by the reins and set everybody up for success? And then if there's problems, and you know there's going to be problems, you know that no school year goes perfectly smoothly from start to finish. But at least you can come back and say, you know what, remember that all about me book? 
So this is what I meant when I said blah, blah, blah. Remember that All About Me book? Actually, if you go back to page six, you're going to see the sensory diet that we use and the way that we use it. So let me kind of run that, run you through that now that you've hit, you've known my child for three weeks or for a semester or whatever it is. It's not an I told you so, it's I set you up for success. So now let me see if I can help you tease it out a little bit more. That helps so incredibly immensely. Having that all about me book lets you help everybody to help your child. So I really encourage you to share the All About Me book with as many people as you can think of that are going to be interacting with your child at school. So those are three tips that I have for you as you share your All About Me book with your child's school. Tip number one was to be proactive. Tip number two, open your doors. And tip number three, share it with anyone who is going to be interacting with your child. I will see you next week, same time, and I hope you have a great week.